Welcome. This is Stephanie. And I'm Cassandra. We're talking to people about outdoor life, uh, primarily fly fishing, but it can go elsewhere. Um, We've got... Franklin. We're here for some hot tips, some good stories, some advice. By the way, ladies, I have a bone to pick with both of you. Uh-oh. Well, Steph, first story of all, before. I, started, I sent you an Instagram message asking you, I was buying a boat, and I wanted to know how you liked your raft and blah, 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 and you never responded. And what? Then Kathy, Don't you have my number? I think I wrote you a letter and texted you in and hit you up on Instagram. I mean, you wrote so- her a letter? I'm kidding. That's amazing. <laughs> like with paper <laughs> and a pen, <laughs> pencil in case of mistakes. What's your bone to pick with I sent you a text message asking about recommendations for New Zealand lodges. No response. You did not. But that'd be dope if you shut up and I was there. That would be, oh my God. We're not allowed to travel. We can't go anywhere. It's not allowed. I'm talking talking about 10, 15 years down the road when the borders are all open. years. I'm 34 and still a hostess. (laughs) Same. I'm actually back a hostess. (laughs) I don't believe that I didn't respond to you. I think I, I think I was fishing for a deal, probably, and I would have come. Oh, yeah, I ain't got no deals for you, baby. <laughs> In green. If it goes through, if it goes through in green, that means it did not go through. You got to send again. Yeah, I didn't get it. Wait, can you tell me the date? Give me, give me the date. Give me the timestamp, please. Timestamp: Monday, February third, at seven fifty-six p.m. What year? If you, 1998. Um, I think it was the year, uh, it was this year, 2020. Frankly, I, if sh- you said down, I'm defending myself. I, <laughs> I was in New Zealand and therefore had a different SIM card in my phone. I could not have received your text, Franklin. Oh, guys, when I said I had a bone to pick you with that, I meant it somewhat, you know, like I no. get it. I don't care. No. I just want a case. We don't defend I defend ourselves. I just this want a the... case against an attorney. So this is a. I don't because I don't have that kind of money to hire my own. No, I'm looking for the thing I sent you about the boat. Are you seeing this right here? This is our Instagram chat history. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it was Facebook. Who I, am I? Sixty-seven. No one is. Oh all right, my all right. God. It all clicked. Like I'm older than you guys. <laughs> I am under thirty. Don't Facebook. What even? What even is that? Somehow th- this really turned around on me in a bad way. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we yes, are verbally look at attacking you. you. Yeah, look at like you. I re- I'm like, I look like a jackass. You guys both won your case. I'm a terrible attorney. Okay. I'm actually, I'm curious about uh, some of your best and worst days on the water. And was it the fishing? Was it the guide? What made it like a good or a bad day? Any day fishing is a good day. But there is one particular guy I fished with a number of times who talks the whole time you fish. Other than that, like, I don't know. Like, I've never had a bad guiding experience. I mean, fishing's bad sometimes. It's fine. One thing that kills me, by the way, is these people come out and get mad when they don't catch fish. You know, you're either a shitty angler. And guess what? Even good anglers don't catch fish some days. Some days are just bad. That's fishing. Like, I'll be honest. I don't particularly like having a quote-unquote god when I go waiting. Like, I mean... Sure, somebody can take me to the right water, show me the right flies, but if I'm out wade fishing, having someone stand on my left-hand shoulder and tell me, be like, just go fish. Like, you know, 
you know, go have fun. Like, I don't know. Like, I like doing it myself and just being out there, and I can do it, and it's fine. Really, I just want to be left alone to go, to go fish. But, you know, when you get in the boat, you've got to have a person row. And, you know, those guys are so good. I, I have now bought a drift boat, Stephanie, despite your lack of input. Um, but, On Facebook. <laughs> but, you know, now that I'm rowing a boat myself, I'm like, that shit is hard. Trying to keep it in the right position at the bank and all that, like, all the guys in the lodge make that stuff look effortless. You don't realize it when they're doing it because you don't notice because it's not wrong. Because you're always in the right spot, so you're like, well, I'm in the right spot. You know, now that I'm doing it myself, I realize. And like an example of this is I used to be like, when the guys would complain about the wind, they'd be like, man, the wind really makes this boat hard to row. I was like, why? <laughs> you know, the water is going. Like, why aren't you going with it? Like, that, that sounds like bullshit, kind of. You get a stiff upstream breeze. I mean, it is hard to get that fucking boat down the river. Yes. Um, can I recommend something to you, Franklin? Uh, when we're when we're all vaccinated and able to commune with regular society, I would highly recommend you do a guide course. Um, not because you want a guide, but maybe you do. They do a great job teaching you some of the essentials with the drift boat and how to manage your family or friends or whatever in the boat, how to handle them, you know, help them fish as well as manage your own rowing. And it's really fun. It's on, it's like a week long. It's super fun. It's less expensive than a guide, than a guided week. And you still get to fish. And I'm sure everybody that's out there is all about it. And it's just a great time. Everybody's into it. It's really fun. I I would do it again in a heartbeat. It was a blast. And everyone you meet is really cool. Bring a full, let's see, I brought a handle of whiskey and that went over well amongst the instructors. Typically a hard drinking crowd uh, (laughs) for one reason. I mean, hey, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. You know, I, I've now, you know, what I do when I row is I basically just think about what the guides I know do and try to do that. You know, that's all I really, I'm just like, well, like I saw Steph do this thing. So like, I just kind of do that. Like nobody told me, but I just kind of try my best. When I first started, I would just front row. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Poor thing. Oh man. Your pecs. Your pecs, man. Yikes. I've got pretty good. I've got like a hundred hours on the sticks now though. Like, what, what kind of drip boat do you have? I have a 2005 Packet Craft LP. Nice. It's got the teal paint coloring scheme. It's very good looking. Oh. Hot diggity dog. What oars are you running on that? Yeah. Let's talk about oars. Everyone's <laughs> been clamoring for it. I've been like, yes, we will address the it. The moment you've all been waiting yeah. for. A lot Guys, of people have been asking on it. my Instagram what my oar routine is. So I just want to tell everyone. Well, I don't, I don't have the smokers yet. Um, I don't even know what they're called. They came with the, the Sawyers. Boat. The Sawyers. I do. I saw your oars. That's what they are. They're not the good ones. Um, I would seriously consider investing in a counterweighted oar. That's amazing. Can you guys give me some sort of a guide deal? Not anymore because I'm not a guide. You know what? I wouldn't know any of anyone who'd be willing to give you a deal, but I'm sure there's some unscrupulous guides out there that maybe would be able to help you out. How much do a pair of these run? Um, Two fifty per is what mine were. I think. Yeah, I think mine were like five fifty total. Seriously, if you want to abate a rotator cuff injury, seriously think about it. Very, very, very helpful. I, I will buy a set. Um, I'll send you. I'll send you the kind that I have. 
if you're if you're rowing think, a lot, it's very important. Send me on Facebook. The worst that'd, that'd be best. No, I don't even. Do I even have a Facebook? I think I we think we is. both have the shortcut ones. I think it's a game changer. Like you don't even realize. I don't want to say what brand because I don't want to be like rude. But I was uh, rowing off of my dad's oars for quite a long time, and I just was well, so like. Well, you had splinters. You had um, well, fiberglass splinters. There's that, but also simply just like how hard they were to row. Like. I thought it was just awful. And then I got my own oars and it's just, it really helps. You know, one of the things about fly fishing is like from the outside, it's so complicated. There's these oars, the, the shoal cuts. And I'll say like when I, I've looked at the oars, like what the fuck is shoal cut mean? Like, I have no idea. Like, so like which one of these various cuts should I get? And like, you just start asking around. I have no idea. The reason I got what I got was because Stephanie had them, and I was like, okay, well, we're similar in height. <laughs> you just... What does height have to do with it? Is that a thing? Like... No. no. <laughs> I just was like, she has them. She has them. It's Stephanie. I mean, the, the width so. of your boat has something to do with it. So the longer the oar, the more expensive it's going to be, but the longer the oar, the more control you're going to have. Think about, like, torque. Torque? Yeah, I brought up torque on a podcast. I'm, I'm very smart. So. Well, and you have to go um, based off of your height and like what you're comfortable yeah. with with your arm length and your your oar lock. It really doesn't have to be that hard. It's here's here's the deal. Your nine foot oar is going to work for most situations. It's your standard length. But I've got the thing that fits in the oar lock though, like, and I can slide it up and down the yes. oar. Yes. Yes. How do yeah. I know where to put that on the? It's going to be comfort. It's, it's going to be comfort. Like imagine you're doing if you if you do a four row it should be like a bench press pretty much you're not doing a four row sometimes you are most of the time you're not but it like you're doing a bench press and that's the width you want to be so about shoulder length is where you want to be you don't be like overlapping then you're gonna be cutting up your knuckles and stuff like that but yeah when you come to your chest think about it as like a bench press width it's gonna be also Com- dependent on where you're comfortable you don't want them to be too short. So nine foot length is usually a standard. So start there. Mine are too this, close together because like my hands hit sometimes. You're have you been like scraping your knuckles? No, not that bad, but they're clearly too close together. Yeah, and it'll also that will also, you know, take away from your ability and your strength and whatever. So you want them they are where they're at for a reason, you know. One thing I've noticed about rowing the boat is it's all very common peaceful. When things start going bad, they go bad really quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all fine. And then all of a sudden, the oar gets jammed and shit starts happening. And like, the worst part is when you're like passengers are like freaking out and they're like telling you what to do. And you're like, yo, bro. <laughs> That's when you go into pilot mode where you're just like, I yes. have no emotions. Everyone needs to sit down. Everyone needs to drop their rods. Exactly. Pay attention. It's, you know, uh, I, I have kept fishing during these scenes with my guide, and they don't like that. That's a, a hot take. Don't do that, please. If your guide's like, hey, drop your rod and pay attention, that probably means things are uh, going badly. So go ahead and uh, do what they say. <laughs> you should always do what your guide says, uh, as a general rule. Have you swamped your boat yet? I don't know what that means. I have not sunk it. I, almost did I mean, have you had to, like, bail it out? One day I was out in Tennessee and it rained all day, so like it filled it up and I like pumped it out. But another day I, I'll admit I put it into the river without the drain plugs in. Um, <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but I, so I went back to like, you know, release from the trailer and it's half sunk. And I was just like, all right, I've sent you on Instagram, like a normal person. Yes. It's owned by Facebook. Everyone calm down. Who um, cares? Damn it. You took the words right out of my mouth. I totally took my fire. I don't know how you guys got it. Like I was, I went to the Yellowstone Angle today to buy some flies. And there was some, a guy, a clear guy going there was some guy who was a fucking asshole. And you could just tell. And they were there to buy only cigars. And he had his tennis shoes on and like, you know, uh, just some t-shirt and like his cargo shorts. And he wanted cigars. And I could just tell he was a nightmare. If I could go fishing with this fucker all day, like, I mean, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with any, anyone? I'm sure you have clients that are challenging. I mean, yes. it's any profession. It's any profession. Here's, here's a fun tip for literally anyone in any profession. Try to diagnose them with a mental illness. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, and then, and then just imagine, you know, like how much help they could receive if they sought treatment. <laughs> oh, good God. That's honestly what I've done quite a bit. And then just your old fashioned kind of understanding of sexism in the 21st century. It's easy to kind of put, not everyone, but put those people into a bucket and be like, this is sexism. They don't actually know any better because they're a million years old or, you know, they came from a society where this is acceptable and it's not acceptable for me. Do you feel you were discriminated against as a female guy? Every day, yes. I <laughs> certainly don't mean every client discriminating against me, but I. I mean, do these I people other, who, other guides on the water would discriminate against me? I had clients discriminate against me. Like, at best, they're not used to seeing a woman on the water, and at worst, they're blatantly sexist. I mean, do they not know who Lone Wolf is? No, they don't. <laughs> There's just not a lot of representation, and so it's surprising to some people. And a lot of people take to it beautifully. They're like, oh, I've never had a female guide before. Like, this is great. I'm, I'm looking forward to the opportunity. And then some people are like, what is happening now? This is something different and I'm uncomfortable. Uh, I think I've said this a lot, but like an asshole is always going to be an asshole. It doesn't matter what packaging you put them in. That is true, but I think it's a shame because I think fly fishing is such a sport that, you know, it's not a strength sport and women can excel. No, I mean, it's a. I've seen so many women be great at it. It's phenomenal. You try to cast a fly rod hard, you know what happens. Forget about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you don't load the, if you load the rod right and get that nice, I mean, it's going to cast. And, you know, I think a lot of, you know, I do this. Like, you know, it starts getting windy. People start muscling it. I actually learned to cast watching Joan Wolf videos. That was my, when I was like 20 years old, my dad got me a Joan Wolf video randomly. I mean, it's, be, it's beautiful. She is truly a beautiful caster. She's, She's a so wonderful, good. wonderful fisherman and fisher person, angler, excuse me. And I, and I do know of several women in the Montana space that are fantastic and wonderful guides. Go ahead and go to, Flycast live on our Instagram, and I will link the people that I'm talking about because they're very important. And I know Cassandra has met them or interacted with them or has heard about them passing, but Jenny West on the Bitterroot, Alice Owsley, who is out of West Yellowstone, Hillary Hutchinson, who's out of West Glacier, 
there's countless, countless women who are present. I'm sorry, I'm just naming a couple right off the top of my head. There's many more. I don't, I don't mean to say that there are only three, but there are women in the industry and that's great. And I think it's super important to... Okay, but I have to say that wasn't very inclusive of you because there are other people that are women that are in the industry that are not necessarily guides also. Would I be wrong for saying that? I'm just a little sick of that. You know, I don't know. Okay, so not only not only guides, there are countless women in the fly fishing industry supporting, helping. You know what? They're cleaning your boats. They're oiling your car up. They're helping you do anything when you go fishing. Let um, Let's say I called a shop and I said, hey, I want to go fishing on the Bitterroot on Monday. I'd like a female guide. Would that be, would that strike an odd tone or like, um, and I wouldn't want to explain that, well, the reason I'm doing this because I want to give women more opportunity. I mean, I'd, yeah, I don't know. Like it would be weird to call and go, Hey, I'll go fish on Monday. I want a woman guy. They go, why? I know the only time I've heard of someone asking for a woman guide is if they had like a sister or a daughter or a wife that particularly wanted to have well, a female not- in the boat with them. But as a man, do you think it'd be a little odd if I was to call a shop and ask for a female guide? Yes. No. <laughs> I do. You know, I, feel I probably like- wouldn't. I probably wouldn't ask for a female guide. I mean, it's just a matter of, like Cassandra says, like we need to be supportive of women in the sports environment, regardless of what their role is. So, you know, Cassandra as sous chef in an outdoor space. We just need to be supportive of women in the outdoor industry, regardless of their role. You know, maybe not asking specifically for females, but... Not being taken aback and not being thrown off or disgruntled when you do get a female guide. Well, I have a hard time identifying with... I mean, you met my sister, who's an extremely strong personality person. You know, my mom's a lawyer, my stepmom's a judge. You know, I've never... I cannot imagine getting female guy. Like, I can't believe I'm going with a woman. Um, the fact of the matter is, yeah. is that does exist. Oh, I have no doubt. But I just think you know? I have a hard time identifying with it because I'm not that well. Well, and that, you know, that's amazing. And that's what, I mean, that's why you're here. You know, there's so many people that's that. we actually want to talk yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't ask countless other people to do this. The clientele in your all's world is difficult. You know, you have a lot of older people who are, you know, very privileged, you know. And, you know, I just think they have older opinions about this stuff and sort of old-fashioned. You've got to kind of work with that because they're the clients that are going to change their opinion. But Yes, but have you had to work with that? I don't know. It's just that no matter what, both lodges I work at, there are days that I walk out and I'm like, would you have said that if I were not who I am? Exactly. (laughs) Well... Treating people badly really bothers me. And like, people are mean to the, you know, somebody, they're, you know, you go to a restaurant with your friends and one of your friends is mean to the waiter. It, it drives me crazy. Like, mm-hmm. and the people whose respect I want, frankly, are your alls. I mean, I'm looking for your alls respect. When I come to your lodge, I'm a guest there. This is your place. You know, I'm a guest there and I should treat everybody with respect and go with the program. Like, you know. I think there's there's kind of a couple different levels of sexism and racism in the industry. And obviously I am not at all 
a expert on racism or sexism, but there's kind of like the, the kind of ignorant person who comes in and is like, just not up with the time, you know what I mean? Who thinks that it's appropriate to maybe call women sweetie or something. And I'm just like a little taken aback uh, of people who have like just old fashioned ways of speaking to you. And you're kind of like, I'm uncomfortable with this. Let me ask you, if, if a man is 85 and he calls you sweetie, is it kind of forgivable? Like, yeah, you're 85. Yes and no. Yeah. Um, it, I guess it depends on other things about that person. We've had some wonderful individuals who maybe have used some language that older language that I, I have felt uncomfortable with. Uh, and there have been some older individuals who have used language in that same way who have really creeped me out. That just means that that older person happens to be creepy. It doesn't mean... You know, that's just how we used to do it in our... They're trying to be actively creepy. And like, what's the terrible uh, position for you guys? Because, you know, you're working there. What are you going to do? You know, it's like, uh, Yeah, quite a tough crowd. Uh, there, was, there was a woman today on the pond at uh, Depew Spring Creek. They had her and her friends. They were like, it was two women and one guy. They'd set up like all these lawn chairs in a tent. And you should have seen this woman cast. I mean, she was in this float tube just bombing them. Like, I was just like, that lady can fucking fish. Like, I mean, she was so good. Like, and then I, I, I pulled her out, I waved at her, and she just looked at me and did not wave back. And she was tying this knot in a way that she'd done it one million times. And I was just like, God, what a badass. I mean, I don't know. It, it, the problem, sure, I have definitely worked in different fly fishing spaces. But in terms of clients, most of my experience is with Americans and the same demographic. So I do not know. But I've received plenty of respect from plenty of people. But I'm always, I, I don't necessarily remember that, <laughs> you know? I, what sticks out to me is the parts that I'm like appalled by. Like, why? Why are you doing that? It doesn't stop me from doing the things that I do. I have been, I have gone to places and have been asked, where is your husband? Why are you here? What is your husband doing? Who's cooking him dinner? And I'm like, I, I, what am I supposed to say or do? How old was the person that said that to you? Um, I would say in his 60s. Jesus. And it was basically just like, do you have a boyfriend? And at the time I did. So I said, yes. And they were like, well, who's at home right now cooking his dinner? And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't know. And at some point. Have you heard of overeats? (laughs) Like, I mean, at some point you just get like a a thickened skin and you just take it. And I don't know. And then I go home and then, you know, whoever I'm living with, no matter where it is or who it is, I'm just, I just rant and I get it off my chest and whatever. But in this industry, that exists to a level that I don't honestly know how nothing has been done about it. And I'm like, I would love to do something about it. I just don't quite know what to do yet. Some of the most appalling words have come out of clients' mouths. And it's like, (laughs) what? You know? So. I think um, if I might speak uh, uh, to a recommendation is whoever is running the establishment that, um, you know, women or people of color or whoever uh, a minority or um, 
kind of a segregated person is working for, let's go ahead and just believe them when they have complaints and be willing to take action to help them not be in that situation in the future. Uh, because it's super detrimental to the whole environment. It's detrimental to every single person because we want them to not be segregated against. So it's in everyone's best interest that this issue is addressed, is confronted, is taken seriously. Let me ask you guys, let me ask you guys a hot take question. All right, I'm 39. I get all the time asked why I'm not married. Why aren't you married, though? (laughs) But apparently, like, if you ask Cassandra that same question, it's now... I was literally asked that question today. Really? Yes. I was literally asked, and it wasn't... I was asked, how are you not married away yet? Or married off. How are you not married off yet? I was like, married off? (laughs) You should have told, you told you them that your that. parents hadn't collected the dowry yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're raising the pigs right now for the dowry. I mean, duh. <laughs> I was like, what? Did they give you like a Russian nesting doll for your trust? I, mean, I, I guess, mean, I don't know what your question what? is, Franklin, necessarily, but if your well, question, is your well, question well, like... I have been asked, uh, why, you know, why aren't you married yet? Like, you know, well, not... They have not said, why are you married off? Which I, I'll acknowledge is a bad, you know, that's not a good phraseology. Has Lewis not been raising the pigs correctly? <laughs> I'll tell you what. But, you know, I mean, to me, I get asked that question, like, why aren't you married yet? And I just kind of like, oh, you know, like, you know, give some bullshit answer and move on. Why is it different when a woman's asked the same question? It depends on the wording. I, I w- hey, I'm not defending married off, okay? Uh, I know, I know. Married off is problematic you meet a grandmother she's gonna be like why don't you have kids yet you know that kind of shit like this person was in his late 30s early 40s anyway moving forward sorry i can tell this is not this is not a popular response but you're just asking like why is it different for uh, a woman to be asked that question versus a man I mean, when I get asked that question, the implication is, what I think to myself is, what's wrong with you? You know, like, why aren't you married yet? You know, that kind of shit. And I get why no one wants to be asked that question, but I'm not saying married off is bad. I'll give you that. Right, that's bad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, why aren't you married yet is like a, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's wrong no matter what. It's wrong no matter what. Understand, I don't like the question. When I get asked it, I wish it hadn't been asked and... Um, I think there's, with a, with a woman, sometimes there's an air of ownership, like why, why aren't you owned by a man yet? Because I've had a similar situation where people asked me what, what boy brought me to Montana and was it worth it? And I was like, well, actually my dad brought me to Montana and I'd say, yes, it was worth it. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's what happens to me too. That, that happened both when I went to Argentina and New Zealand. Clients will be like, so you must have met a man out here. Do you know the crazy thing about this? People who say this think it's flattering. Right. Like they're paying yes. for sort of compliment. PSA, it's not. It's not. And like, sure, when I did go to New Zealand, I did meet a man that brought me out there. That was my <laughs> employer. That was the person who hired me. It was not a man. 
that I fell in love with. It was my employer. Okay. Thank you very much. (laughs) But like how many ladies or people in general can relate to this? Like this is some good, some good content, everyone, because this happened. It's real. And I really want to do something about it. And I'm trying, but I don't know where to begin at this point. There's got to be like a Me Too movement for fly fishing. I feel like there's actually like a huge problem in the outdoor industry. Yes. Yes. Uh, Because I had, so I was a snowboard instructor for three years and I had, here's, here's hot takes. Um, I didn't, I wouldn't say as blatant sexism in the snowboarding industry. And I do think that's because the clients were younger, Uh, which gives me hope. That's good. Fellas, you don't need to be asking about anyone's sex life under any circumstance or why anyone isn't married because that's really none of your business. So we can go ahead and tuck that away uh, and save that for never because that's not appropriate under any circumstance. When it's an 18-year-old bro kid saying some stupid shit, it comes across as kind of like less serious. When it's a six-year-old man who's a client, what are you going to do? I'm kicked out of the law. Now he has power over you, blah, blah, blah. That's a totally different situation. I honestly think that should be a threat. If you are like sexually or racist or just inappropriate, I think you should not be like offered a position back. Let's let's create an environment where everyone feels comfortable, you know, being who they are. I also want to point out like really quickly that they can't necessarily decide like who comes to their lodge. Their income source. Unfortunately, this is a fact of clientele life. This is is just like a great discussion to have because it's And it doesn't have to be just clientele, but you know, like And I kind of mad people are fucking with you guys. I'm like, this is bullshit. Like Okay, Franklin. What I think we should do here is, since we've had such a long recording time, I think we should wrap things up with you telling us, like, one of your funniest or favorite stories and, like... You have to tell us one of your favorite stories, and then you have to tell us if you were to give... Takes. If you were to, like, give advice to anybody who were, who's just starting out, what would that advice be? Also, what nail polish color is your summer 2020? Mine is mine is turquoise. Turquoise. <laughs> turquoise. Mine's mine's melon. Ooh, melon. I I don't know what color that is. Is it green? It's like or is can, it's it... like cantaloupe or honeydew. Anyway, go I ahead. Mean, you can tell. You can tell by my nails. It's that, crystal uh, clear. It's water. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I've been taking my vitamins. What's up? Let me think about my favorite moment. Let me say, like, let me ask you guys this. Like, unfortunately, it looks like in the next couple of years, I'll probably be coming to Lodge solo. What kind of program? Like, how does that, does anybody come by themselves? Like, how does that work? Like, yes. Yes. A lot of people do. Yes. A lot of people do. When do, do, when do serious anglers come? Like, in October type time or? Honestly, we get, like, a bunch of hardos in, like, May, but they don't catch a lot of fish. That's when, like, big boys are out. It also depends on the region. We are strictly speaking of the area in which we are. Yeah, the big hole. Anyway, it just depends on the region. Every every fishing question is like a lawyer question. Is that river good? It depends. 
depends on this, depends on that, you know. No, we'll, t- we'll tell you. Is the beaver had a good river? Well, it depends on what time you want to fish it. Is, be- is the big hole good? Well, it can be, it cannot be. I'm like People mean to say, are you a good angler? What do you mean? I mean to say, when people give you that, like, runaround answer, they're like, some people are bad at fishing it at this time, and some people are good at fishing it at this time. So we will just say sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not good. Are you saying I'm a bad angler? No, I'm saying you're a great angler. But it, <laughs> it depends on the hatch. So what we want to do in high water, you're going to be fishing streamers. You're going to be coasting 20 miles a day. You There's a million variables. Dry fly. Right, exactly. You want to be hitting the spruce moth hatch, but who knows when that is? It's like August. So like, for example... In New Zealand, there was a mouse year, and when there's a mouse year, the fish are massive. So everyone's freaking out because the fish are massive, and they all want to come fish. But that also means the fish are harder to catch because they're not as hungry or there's something. I don't know. They're don't full know. of mice. But they're full of them. So, you know, they aren't necessarily easier to catch. They're full so of like, mice. They're full of rats. So. I don't know, Franklin. Just move to Montana already. Just figure Jesus. it out. You know, this is your time. You're supposed to be telling us the story. Hey, go, go to non-record. No, you have to tell us your favorite story and then what advice you would give. Hot take. My favorite fishing moment? Yes. Yeah. I really, I really don't have, I don't know. Like, there's nothing, the good times are the most recent things I've had. Like, I caught this 22-inch brown. Do not put this on there. Edit this out. Have you ever been there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That fucking river. This like it like you mean the he, one in Arkansas? Yes, we love. Everyone goes to Arkansas for that one. On this trip, I mean, he was I sight nipped him like he's. A, I could see the white of his mouth eating. Like that's the most recent positive. It was just perfect. Drift was just right. Like you just ah, so good. I love the game. I absolutely love it. I mean, just the whole thing. I mean, I could go fishing and not catch a damn thing. Watching that a nice bright streamer through the water, just an anticipation something might crush it. What's the best? Oh. What's your favorite rod? In honor of my dad today, I fished his Sage X rod, which was sick. They're so good. They are so Shout good. Shout out. Shout out. Sage X. So good. I, I mean. Was it a I five would, or a six? A five. It I don't was, think I've fished a Sage X. They're Sage, very good. go ahead and send me one. I'll give me you my too. address and post. Can I get a uh, six weight? I really want a six, eight, six weight. Thank you, Sage X. Thank you. Hashtag sage flyfish. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. It's very good. Okay. Um, Franklin, we're falling apart. The, the train's losing its train wheels. Um, could you tell us? Yep. That's what I said. Could you tell us what advice would you give to an angler who's just starting out? Practice. Before you come to Montana, practice your cast. Be relatively proficient at it. You don't have to be great. You don't have to be just be able to get a nice lube and get the flies out there. You know, it takes probably four hours of practice to be good enough to get the flies out. Would you say on a a lawn or like? Yeah, exactly. Would Would you you say practice on a lawn? Okay. I mean, if you have water available, do that. That'd be better. But on a lawn, at least you're spending a lot of money to come out here. A little bit of investment of that time will pay off in spades. I mean, you'll be so much less frustrated, like you'll catch more fish. It'll just be better. I mean, just practice a little bit and it's fun. Like casting a fly. It's just a fun, it's a beautiful loop. You get that nice, you know, lays out. It's just, 
can I add a little caveat? Just do yourself a little favor and buy some equipment that fits you correctly and don't borrow from someone else. Like buy yourself a decent rain jacket. You deserve it. Get yourself some waiting boots or some waiting shoes that actually fit you, please. And then my biggest tip of all time, I mean, I don't even know. It's so funny that we're like adding our own tips, but I want to do this. If there's one thing that has really, 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 really added to my confidence as an angler, it is to learn the knots, to know how to tie the knots. You've got to, because honestly, you can get, you can get some rope if you want, two different sizes of rope and just start practicing your blood knots, your triple surgeons, your double surgeons, just learn them and learn what works for you. But most importantly, what is it? You've got your, what are all the knots? You've got your clinch knot. Your improved clinch. Your improved. You got your blood knot. You got your triple surgeon's knot. You got your nail knot. Those Seriously, are your important take, knots. take the time off the river when you are bored and you are watching Netflix and you are not doing anything. Get some tippet, whatever. Learn the knots and practice them because when I successfully did that i was like i can do this i can do anything that's my hey, tip we get off here you guys do me a favor yes google jack's not jack's 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 not is that like jack's possessive not P- possessive it's jack's? like jack jack owns a knot like he it's his knot jack's not okay 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 uh franklin what's your favorite knot the jack's not <laughs> okay Everyone okay. Google it. Everyone learn. Cassandra, it. what's your favorite knot? Uh, my favorite knot is the blood knot because I know how to do it now, and I'm really excited about it. That was mine. That was oh, mine. Man, you can take it, girl. You can have my it too. Better than yours. Okay, we'll prove it. Okay, bye everyone. Bye, <laughs> bye, bye, Franklin. Thank you for coming.